Welcome to The Morning Crew, a grief podcast hosted by three gals in their mid-20s. Here, talking about grief is completely normal and a part of our everyday life. So grab a cup of coffee or a drink. Grief conversations can actually be that casual. So let's talk about it. Welcome back, everybody, as everybody grabs a sip of their wine today. So exciting. Um, We are all together again, which is great. I love it when it's the three of us. Um, I was going to ask everybody for updates, but I have one update, and which is that I started sharing my Apple Watch fitness with Mads recently because she just got an Apple Watch. And I honestly think like she just records like when she's breathing that it's like, oh, I'm doing a fitness activity. It's like Mads like breathed three times today or something like that. It's like every single activity is being traced through the app, but it's amazing because it is feels like it is motivating for you though. I feel like you're getting a lot done. So I'm interrupting immediately to say, yes. So here's what had happened. I was in an episode. I wasn't in the episode a couple, uh, the one episode a while ago because I had some stuff going on um, with a lot of things in my life. And so I was like, I need to do something for me. And I just need, I'm the kind of girl, like I need gold stickers in my planner when I do a, a yoga. I need to like know when I read, I need to track it in Goodreads. Like I need to put when I even take my medicine, like on a calendar. So this is actually my sister's old Apple watch. That's from like, five years ago like it doesn't even have like the peloton app is too new for it my hotworks gym app is too new for it It dies in between workouts like it dies all the time so i will put it on and i will do like a yoga because i'm like if i'm going through a very hectic time and i'm like what can i do in a hectic time for me every day that i can do whether i'm here whether i'm a couple hours away whether i'm home back near chicago what can i do in any space so i was like i can do yoga and if i do it on the watch and i mark when i start it and end it my sister's friends and other friends, including Kathy now, that I've added to this, give me props when I do it. And it gets me to do it so much more, which is ridiculous. But you know, you take what you need. And right now I do, I, the only, I do do it when I do, I put it on when I do like a meditation or like a mindful activity, but I don't just do it. I do it a lot. You're right. And last week it was pretty, it was a lot. Like I did it when I would go on hot girl walks. Like I feel like I would three notifications a day. <laughs> I would like to say that I know the exact instance Kathy's talking about. And it's when I went for a hot girl walk by myself at work. And then I came back in and I had lunch. And then my coworker was like, I'm having a really bad day. Can we go for a walk? And I was like, yeah, we can. But I'm going to turn it on my Apple Watch because if I do it, then I don't have to go to yoga later. Or I don't have to do my yoga later because it will monitor it. And then I still did yoga. So she did get three notifications. It was two hot girl walks and yoga. But you know what? It's, you know, I don't have anything to say. I'm. It's a lot, it's, right? It's now. adding value uh, to your life. It's adding good things. The feedback is helpful. Like I have it with some of my coworkers. So I'll maybe have to add you guys or maybe not if it's going to be a lot of notifications. But I can add you guys too. I don't know what it was, if it was like people that had been on their Apple Watch or what, but I had a random number of like five people that suggested I add. Like one of them is like my cousin's husband and I added him and I was like, you're all going to see me do hot girl walks. Like if I'm going to do it, we're all going to see it. 
Um, and it's going to happen. And so it is a lot of notifications sometimes, but you need to, we need to worry more so when notifications stop now. Now you guys have access to me from, That's across, true. from across the country. You can now know when I'm not doing my, my things. Be like, Mads, it's been three days. You haven't walked. Like, what's going on? Are you okay? <laughs> Fantastic. And Kathy, I'm glad that you um, can keep me accountable. Um, before I pass it to Kelsey, while we're talking about mindless things, I do want to go ahead and say that laugh at me. Go ahead. I know you're going to. But Kelsey Ballerini, one of my favorite musicians, released a new album. And I feel like if you are one of our demos, which is us, basically, like the young girl, it's very... um. It's a very good listen. They have like, she does like a lot of like, just it's about the change in life that's kind of inevitable and how you kind of deal with different things at different times and how you have to deal with it. Like she's getting a divorce right now and she's um, being very open about it and vulnerable about it. And I found that like, I listened to it front to cover and just had like goosebumps almost the whole time because sometimes when you're in a mindset, it is really good to like feel as silly as it is like a Kelsey Ballerini or a Taylor Swift say things that you relate to. Um, and like one of the one of the lines I actually put it on one of my Instagram posts, it was like I've like I'm learning that showing up is good enough for me right now, and like I think that's really like something to kind of carry other places. And I do look for for things to take out of like the poetry I read or the songs I listen to or the shows I watch. And so um, if you're gonna listen to any of them, subject to change is a great song on the album. But that entire thing, if you're feeling lost or you have any friends or anybody who you looking for a new listen, um, even listen to it once through. She's got a couple of really good um, lines and things to share in that. And so I found some peace in that this week. And so I wanted to share that. Um, but Kelsey, I heard you had not as a, much of a peaceful moment um, earlier this today or this week so far. So go ahead and uh, tell us about that. Yes. Well, uh, thank you for that plug. I definitely will listen. So I'm excited. I love that. Um, yeah. So today was a little frantic. Um, my roommate and I were both working from home and we heard the fire alarm going off like in the hallway and like we were all fine in here. And we were like, at first, like, is that our elevator? And then we we're like, oh, we smell smoke. And we opened our hallway door and all of the neighbors were kind of popping out. And we're like, oh no, like there it's smoky. Like we should all get out. And so the entire building evacuates and uh, the smell of smoke is very strong. Like we couldn't see any flames or anything, but it was very smoky. Um, when we got outside, one of our neighbors had already called the fire, the firehouse. And there were three massive fire trucks, probably 12 firemen. Um, they like got the ladder out. They got like multiple hoses out and they came pretty fast. I will say I was very impressed and they went in and we were all like, holy shit, like what is happening? Like everyone's like holding on to like a phone or a laptop and like pets and just kind of like freaking out a little bit. And um, they came out luckily very quickly and we're like, somebody burnt food, like you guys are good to go in. So I don't even know if there was ever a flame or if somebody like fell asleep, like for smoke to be strong enough. And we think it was from the first floor to rise through the whole building to set the fire alarm off. So my roommate and I were like, wow, we had quite the adrenaline rush today. It kind of threw off our day. She was on a work call and had to be like, oh, sorry, bye guys. Like my, my building's on fire. And I was like slacking people and things like that. But everyone's safe. We are all good. But it was definitely a flustered day. So I didn't really have a lot of time to think about this. Um, but they encouraged me to pour a glass of something and it's already helping. So thank you. 
Well, super glad that everyone is safe, first and foremost. Second most important thing is, were any of the firemen very cute? Because I imagine that every firefighter is just hot. Um, Honestly, a lot of them... Okay, there was a mix. There was a couple to me that looked really young and a couple that looked really old, but the middle group were pretty cute and they were all pretty nice and friendly with us. But I was just so flustered and we all were that I wasn't really taking it in. But the guy who came out and like told us the news was pretty funny. He was like, it was food. I'm not going to like rat out who who it was, but you guys will figure it out or something like that. And they were just like very nice. They're like, have a good day. And then they just left and they even said more trucks were on their way had it been like a more legitimate fire. And I was like, damn, like they were really on it. So good to know, I guess, that like we're protected by SF Fire Department if needed. But that was my day today. Okay, so this is kind of in theme for our episode, but I'm going to ask a question and I want both of you to answer and I'm also going to answer because now I want to know. It's like an icebreaker, but it's like if that were to happen, Kels, and like you the people have their laptops and their pets, like what's the one thing you're grabbing? Mine is obviously Eloise, my tiny Maltese, because like she's mine, but like I, you guys don't have pets as far as I know in the house. So like what would be your like one thing you grab if it's not like your roommate? Um, so yeah, we were both happy we had each other in person because we would have been freaking out of like what of each other's things would we have needed to grab. We both had a moment where so I had my phone on me and I and I also had my ID and credit card and then my keys to my car. And then we were just like, I should grab my laptop, like not to work, but just to make sure like if anything were to happen, I'd have my laptop to like handle whatever needed to happen next if something happened. And I had a moment. I had like nothing else in my apartment here that was that sentimental. I mean, I have my Emmy trophies, but I didn't think at all to grab those. And I have some pictures, but none that I like don't have digitally. So it was just, yeah, I should have maybe grabbed my passport. I thought about that after. We did like a regroup and we were like, okay, we could have grabbed different things. But I grabbed my phone, keys, like basics and laptop. Kathy, what would you have grabbed? I'm impressed that you remember to bring like your credit card and IDs and stuff because I feel like even so much like in those situations, I would grab like my dog and my keys and be like, I'm good because I would just be so anxious about it. So I'm impressed that you like had your basis of getting all your cards and stuff with you. Sorry, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, this is actually a loaded question (laughs) because um, first of all, I live in a city where there is a lot of fires all the time. And I specifically live in a, like near the mountains where there's a lot of brush fires. So we've been evacuated a couple of times and have had to prepare for those situations like a lot. And it's, it's something related to my dad that I don't think I'm ready to talk about yet, but I hope that I can later on in the podcast. And and it's it's the exact thing that I teased in my episode about like what's one thing like people don't know about you or whatever. And I think it would be this item that I would love to talk about in the future. But it's a great tease for the podcast. The fantastic tease. You got Mads and I. I can see it in her face too. We're both like, whenever you're ready to share, we're ready to hear. But yeah, my answer, of course, would be very different if I was coming from my childhood home. I've been in this apartment for like a year, so right. a lot less like emotional ties to things here. That's where I'm like, I've got a couple of things that are like special, but like nothing that's like like my like baby boxes and things are like not here. Um, 
But that is a good tease and even more such of a tease because in the last episode, I talked about how Kathy and I were on the phone and we did talk about the fires that were happening in her area and she did not tell me then either. So it truly is a mystery as to what this this, <laughs> this item is. But as a subject change, before we keep you know, everyone on their toes too much, Kath, uh, do you want to lead into our um, questioning roast of Kelsey? <laughs> yes. So if you listen to our last episode, we are doing a kind of three-part series on everybody. Um, I went last week and I was in the hot seat and now Kelsey will be in the hot seat this week and then Mads will be in our next episode. So we're just going to dive right in and I'm going to put on my greatest Oprah hat possible and try to be um, the best interviewer I can possibly be. Uh, Mad, did you have something before we get started? I do want to say that I know we had talked about it. We're like, oh my gosh, like what? Like the whole reason that we kind of thought we would do these like icebreaker, like first date, like episodes is because we don't know these things about each other, as we said in the last episode. So we will do another series later down the line, being more into like our grief story and why we actually wanted to do this. But I thought as both for a selfish personal reason that I have a lot going on, as well as um, just like the little bit of a break of a mental there's just a lot a lot for everyone right now um we thought this would be fun and it actually is my favorite episode so far that I feel like we've, we've recorded because I don't know these things about you guys that I talk to about everyday things um so I just want to put that little disclaimer there that we will go like deeper into like the grief story in the normal format of the podcast but this is like we really are like kind of like first dating each other because this stuff is genuinely new information I love it but yes good disclaimer we will do the more grief the grief side of things in another series where we can get the more in order cohesive timeline of everything but we're keeping these a little lighter a little more fun so everyone can get to know each other so the listeners can get to know us as full people not just grief people all right, so let's learn about Kelsey today. We first are just going to start off with the basics. Where are you from? What do you do? How did you hear about this podcast? Give us your Myers-Briggs, your sign, anything you want. Okay, so I am from Salinas, California, which is Central Coast, California. It's right near Monterey and Carmel, the more well-known towns. Um, I now live in San Francisco. I've been here since 2017. And before that, I went to Cal in Berkeley. So I've been in NorCal essentially my whole life. Um, I am, you know what, I'll just say it at this point. It's not a secret. I'm the senior video producer for the San Francisco Giants. Um, so I've been working for the Giants since I graduated and I started as an intern and I've worked my way up. Um, and so now I produce all the video content outside of the game broadcast itself. Um, I help with marketing strategy and actually our Giants podcast strategy. So that was a nice connection. Um, I found out about this podcast posting from another podcast that we all love and listen to, Scrubbing In, and we're all a part of the Facebook group there. I barely check Facebook, and it was like very eerie seeing, like logging on, um, and I was not that many months out even from my mom's passing and seeing the post and just feeling like I had to follow up. Um, and in terms of all the personality stuff, I am an ENFJ 
uh, Myers-Briggs. I'm a three Enneagram and I really relate to all three things I read about. Um, I don't know very much about horoscope stuff, but I'm a Libra. So my birthday's coming up in a few weeks. Um, and I think that covers, I think that covers the basics. Yes. And also I don't mean to actually, um, poo poo on the giants. Obviously it's incredible how much you've grown at the company and get to work in such a cool industry. I am just a huge Dodgers fan. If anyone doesn't know that, that is listening. So that's obviously just a huge, huge rival. Also, she's got a picket. She's got to pick at Kelsey a little bit because she picked up my hot girl walks earlier and I'd get a complex if she did it. We didn't pick at her a little bit. So I think it's totally fair. It was yeah. so funny when <laughs> Kathy and I first talked. Okay. And you guys always feel free to pick at me. Exactly. We got to keep each other humble, but we love each other. We know oh, it. yes. It's fine. Oh, yes. Um, okay. Thank you for sharing, Kels. Um, all right. So we do just want to give also kind of the grief story and make sure people know like how what exactly is your loss and what if you feel like there's been also major events or milestones like since then that you feel like grief has really impacted your life if there's something there that kind of sticks out to you or just in general how do you feel like grief has kind of transformed since your loss Yes, definitely. So um, for those who don't know, my mom passed away from a 12-year battle of cancer back in June of last year. So pretty, still pretty recently. Um, Over that course of 12 years, though, I would say we overall lived a pretty normal life where it's not like she was, you know, like sick and bedridden for 12 years. It was kind of on and off surgeries, tests, procedures, treatments, but more or less a normal life up until I would say the last handful of months. So it happened pretty quick towards the end. Um, and I was fortunate that I was able to be home. My, my like core family was there and around her and. It, you know, it was hell on earth as anyone who gone through grief would, would know and be able to speak to. And um, it was very, very, very close relationship. I felt extremely lucky to have that close relationship with my mom and the four of us, like such a tight unit family. So it was definitely something that rocked us and rocked my, you know, community of friends and her friends and family. And, you know, mentioning I'm from Salinas, I'm fourth generation in Salinas and it's all her side of the family. So just like a lot of community tied to there. Um, I would say big picture, it's just such a reframe of perspective of everything. And that's like probably very obvious, but you just, you feel it even more and more as time goes on and it sinks in more. I would say the the bigger milestones, at least that hit me the most, um, which a lot of them we've talked about here, I would say her birthday was a big one. My first birthday was a big one. The holidays and my sister's graduation have kind of been the main ones that really just stung a little extra or hit me harder than expected and really stood out. Um, now we're a little, it's been like a year and a few months since. And I think I, I, a lot of my friends used to joke with me, you know, I'm a little high strong. I get stressed easily, like the high achiever, you know, hard on myself type, but I would like to think 
I stress about things a little bit less and I, with this greater perspective because it's kind of like when something so horrible has happened, all the little things feel even littler and I just have that greater it was like a level setting. So I think if I had to name like a big picture way and then just really like appreciating the people who are here, who I care about, who I love and trying to show up for them and just like even more of a value on my loved ones. One thing I want to say and touch on, Kels, thank you for sharing. <clears throat> and I know we've talked about this quite a bit on the podcast, but I give you a lot of credit and not saying I don't give Kathy credit or myself credit, but like all of these things that we're talking about and these wounds that we're having, like we've had a lot more time to deal with them and Kathy had a lot more time to deal with it. And then mine are not, I mean, they're still obviously heart wrenching and the worst thing I've gone through, but they're also not unexpected. Um, And, you know, like I said, people lose their grandparents and things. So the fact that you are able to not only talk about it, but kind of use us or the community or even just being able to have these bi-monthly meetings and sit and talk about it um, is massive and is something that I don't think I would have been able to do at your point, even though it was given like a sick grandfather or something that I knew. Like, I don't think until I was four years out of it, I guess I'm not barely three years out of it, three, four years out of it that I was even comfortable to even think about having this conversation. And I almost didn't do it multiple times since then because I was so anxious about it. So the fact that it's always such a fresh wound that we're opening up and that you're still learning how to navigate it, I think not only provides such an incredible perspective for our our listeners, and I hope it's as beneficial for you as it is for us to hear about, um, but I admire you. And I think that that is something that is so um, we don't, we don't, I think about it all the time, but you don't, we don't vocalize it enough. Um, even, even the fact you said, you know, you think about things that are different or that are, could be worse. And I, I, I found myself in that same mindset lately. Um, and just like watching like a Kardashians and see that they deal with stuff too and whatever, but knowing that it's so fresh for you to unpack and open up all the time. And you're, you're the one that has never missed an episode. And I digress is very impressive. And I don't think I've told you that before. So I want to make sure that I took time to say that because I genuinely do mean it and I do think about it often. So thank you for sharing that with us. I am, I am in all of you often. That is very, very, very sweet. Thank you for saying that and sharing that. It has definitely been helpful having this podcast. Like it, yes, things are fresh and that can be harder sometimes, but I also think as, um, I think my therapist a while back when I told her about this kind of made the joke, like, that it was kind of on brand for me to have these like pre-scheduled dates to talk about it. Like where it's like, I almost am like planning it like, okay, on two days a month, we're going to record and it's going to make me have to talk about stuff because also like the further and further you get away from the immediate passing really. And as we all talk about, it's not talked about really. Like I don't really have many opportunities in my life naturally to talk about the loss or to talk about grief or to talk about her even that much. So I do think it has overall been helpful to like connect with you guys, to get guidance and advice from you guys who have been through it more than I have or for longer than I have and to use the platform and to feel like the grief isn't just like festering, like I'm almost like doing something with it in some way. So I really appreciate that. That is very, very kind because I'm in awe of both of you. And part of the reason why this works is because I feel like we all really understand a layer of each other because of that. But yeah, thank you. That is that is very nice, Mads. 
100% echo what Mad said. And if I haven't communicated that enough too, I hope that you do feel it at least today and every day because I think that it is on my mind a lot. Um, and it is something actually that I felt like if you were comfortable sharing, again, like kind of how Mad said, it's such an incredible experience for listeners to have that this is like the first that she's going through and she's actually speaking about them. So I just think that that's really cool and overall just super grateful for that. Yeah. And it's something I've even thought about and I'm sure we'll go into this as we always do later as we have so many things we could talk forever. Um, But I've noticed in this, like I mentioned briefly earlier that I'm going through kind of a lot of transition in a crazy time right now, which is why I missed the episode and already having you guys to lean on and to like talk to like I was talking to Shannon, like I had to make a tough drive a while ago, a couple weeks ago. And that was the phone conversation I keep referring to. But Kathy sat and talked to me until I got to my destination, which is something I needed. And so I kind of even think that like, no matter what is happening, it's kind of a special thing that although I've never met you guys, like I've already been through the worst of it. And like now next time when I go through it, I know I have you guys and not only just with the with the grief of it, but um, with just the life stuff in general is very special. And I just want to make sure I said that and I do still want to get back to you because I have so much I want to know about you. Um, so I'm going to steal a question that Kathy wrote to make it a little bit more lighter than us just gushing. I mean, I could gush about you for the whole podcast if you guys want me to. Like I've got plenty to say. Um, but I do want to know, I'm going to just lead into the first question is when do you feel the opposite of what we're feeling when you feel the grief, when you're feeling the most happy, the happiest, or you know, you're going to do something for yourself? Like, what is your go to? How do you how do you dive into that? Um, what have you is it something you do often? Or is it just a one time like memory you have of a concert? Or what is it that you feel the happiest doing? That's a good question. What do I feel the happiest doing? Um, uh, the first things that come to mind is any situation where I can get a group of my friends together, like bringing people together from different parts of my life and just hanging out. And, and Kathy kind of alluded to this in her episode too, like it doesn't have to be anything big or crazy, but even you're just like all at a dinner together, all sitting on the couch together, like something about getting a group of people together just makes me so happy and I just cherish and appreciate my friendships so much. So almost like those little moments, like more than a concert or more than some big event, um, I feel like is when I'm the happiest. Um, From like a self-care perspective, I would say um, different workouts, long walks, um, you know, a facial, a massage, watching like a Kardashians or like a trash easy TV show on the couch with a fun snack. Like those are the more like daily, like if I need a little self-care moment, I lean to those. But in terms of just like when I'm the happiest, um, like getting a lot of people together. And that definitely includes family too. I'm so close to my family, my cousins, different layers of my family. So those little moments with them mean a lot. So speaking of people that you kind of lean on and, you know, it sounds like you really like to be around people, which I am an extrovert, so I can relate to that. Who would you say you think your strongest confidant is or person that you lean on? And it can be, if it's within your family, you can name that person. And then who would it be outside of your family? Good one. Um, the, the first 
gut reaction, my sister. So for the in family, I think, and I, I think I've said this before, I just feel very lucky that we had each other through this past year and through everything. And, you know, obviously we're different ages and we were at different phases of life, but otherwise like a pretty identical, you know, like no one else on planet earth knows what we saw, what we went through other than each other. And we've always been so open with each other and candid and the really hard things or the really hard comments or those thoughts that you feel like you can never say out loud, we can say to each other. So whenever, you know, I've had a, a tougher time or something came up for me or same with her. Like I, we feel very okay with talking to each other about it. And then in terms of non-family, um, I would probably say most day to day, my roommate, she's one of my really good friends and she's an amazing um, conversationalist and like loves digging deep into things. So especially in the beginning chunk, when I moved back to San Francisco after being home, she was very good about like sitting me down and like, okay, like, and asking me questions and asking how I'm feeling and respecting any boundaries I had. And a lot of my friends have been amazing, but just being with somebody who I lived with, who was that attentive to me, I feel very lucky that she kind of has that skill set, And that was natural for her to be able to, to not ever push it, but to, to like really be there and ask the questions when I was ready to talk. Okay, so I've got a twofold follow-up question. Okay. Um, one, remind us the difference of you and Kylie. She's younger or older? She's younger by three years, um, but I would say she's very mature, and in a lot of cases, we feel more like same playing field friends more than like older sister, younger sister. Okay, that kind of leads into my my follow-up. As I noticed, I, I resonated when you said that I'm the little sister, but as you guys know, my sister is like – ride or die like I don't care if she tells me the sky is like yellow or like whatever it is I'm agreeing with her like yeah absolutely like I will I will have her back it's like in uh, drops of Jupiter when they're like your best friend has your back even when they know you're wrong like a hundred percent but I've noticed that sometimes as the little sister I feel like there are certain things just with our life experiences like when we went away to college or when we did certain things that I don't talk to her about that Um, so in the now as we're adults, I do notice I do that a lot more. Like every heartbreak, every everything I talk to her about. But how is that? Was it weird? Was there things like dealing with your grief process to bring it back to the podcast um, topic? But do you think that like is there there was it an interesting thing to figure out how to talk to like a little sister? Did she lean on you or did you feel like you couldn't lean on her because you were the older one? Um, that it was an interesting dynamic. I think what ended up defining it was my sister because of COVID and she was still, um, finishing up her undergrad and it was all digital. So she was living at home and I was in San Francisco as my mom was getting sicker. So because she was kind of like boots on the ground first, it almost made the dynamic where she actually had more of the intel of what was going on more than me because I was away, at least in the beginning. Obviously, I then came home, but that was kind of the dynamic initially where she and my dad, of course, would update me too, but she would call me and be like, hey, like, like this is what's happening or like things aren't great or like this happened today. And and so that I think kind of even the playing field where I was feeling like, yeah, man, like I'm the older sister. Like I wish I could like be kind of taking charge on this and leading and it was really hard. And then it was clear when it was time for me to come. And then we were able to kind of take on those moments and those experiences together. Um, I think I struggled 
because a lot in the beginning was tied to like my mom passed and like literally the next day, my sister's virtual undergrad college graduation. And I was just feeling so much guilt that like my mom was not at her graduation and then feeling it the second time around at the in-person graduation, at least for her grad school. And, you know, my mom was there for my graduation. And so like that type of thing, I wasn't trying to ever focus on or nail in with her, but I was internalizing that I just you know, it's unfair and and I wanted to be there in that way. And I think in the very beginning, there were things where after my mom passed, like I was trying to think like, okay, what are things like my mom would have done for me at this age or for, for Kylie and can I do them, but not trying to act like I am her because I never can be, but still staying in the lane of like, I'm an older sister who is similar to her. Like we think a lot the same, but not trying to be her. And I had a little bit of that in the beginning too, where I'm like, I'm not trying to, nor could I ever replace her, but I still wanted to step in, at, you know, celebrating this achievement, getting into grad school, moving. Like I wanted to still be there, but I needed to learn how to be there as me, not as trying to be my mom. That That's a really important and interesting, like, definition and change, like knowing the change of roles. And it's something that I have not had to experience, thank God. Um, but I mean, it's even so is the fact it's like, I know Kylie listens. So hi, Kylie. Um, but even though I would, you know, live, die and breathe for my sister every day, she doesn't know about this yet. And I've talked to her about it. I've almost talked to her about it a couple of times, but it's even, I know you guys have that connection. So it's, it's interesting to just see how, no matter how close you are, no matter what you would do for your sibling, how those kind of differentiate changes. And I look forward to hearing more about that when we get into our, um, more grief story of of things um okay kath i'm gonna pass it off to you (laughs) okay um okay so this is kind of pivoting a little bit but if you could pick one skill you don't feel like you currently have that you want what would that skill be oh that's a really good one um silly skill is like singing like i wish i could string two notes together and sing because I just think that would be great and fun and I have absolutely the worst singing voice of all time um but more maybe like practical life skill um I oh there's so many I'm not trying to like not think of any because I can't think of any I'm thinking of a lot and I'm trying to pick one um I wish that I could the first thing is because I can be pretty high strong or I can get stressed or I can be intense. And even though I've gotten a lot better as I've gotten older, I wish maybe I could just kind of like let go and not always be trying to like be efficient 100% of the time or be accomplishing something 100% of the time. Like it really takes a lot of effort for me to just like chill and not feel guilty about it. And so I would love to be able to just disconnect from things a little bit better. Like the nature of my work is it runs on weekends and nights and it can be hard to turn off from that. And I feel a lot of times guilty or like I'm missing out on something. And so, and it's, it's not like, it's not healthy. That's not a good thing. So I wish I could just chill, <laughs> just chill more and easier <laughs> without having negative self-talk or anything associated with it. Okay, so on the opposite spectrum of it, what is your like, what do you think you are doing a good job of or something that you've been working on that has you've noticed a difference of like my yoga and my Apple Watch, Kathy, Um. which I'm proud of that too, Mads. I think that's also I never said it, but I think that's very impressive that during a crazy time in life, you're able to 
identify something, a practice that you think will help you and it's something to create time for you. And I'm glad you're doing it with the help of Apple, but I'm glad you're doing it. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Something that I do think I have decently figured out. I feel like I'm, I think I'm at a place where I'm pretty good at reading people and trying to be really present with people when I'm talking to them, texting with them, hanging out with them. Want, like want to be connecting with this, you know, going back to the extrovertedness, maybe like I think I have that when I'm with people, which actually ties back to the chill thing, because that's some of the only times I can actually disconnect from work is if I'm just being present with another person. Um, and then I've taken on just more of a bit of a leadership role at work, which has been for a lot of reasons, not for this podcast, a learning curve. And I feel like I am starting to get the hang of like, I have to be managing myself and focusing on my own work while also managing others and trying to balance all of that. So I think maybe with being people person, outgoing, maybe in some of the Enneagram stuff and Myers-Briggs, that all kind of connects. But yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Okay. Love it. Um, the, this is another one that you asked me um, in my episode, but one is what is one of your favorite pieces of advice that you've ever gotten? Uh, you're turning the tables back. I would have maybe thought of the questions differently. Um, favorite piece of advice? Um, I would say like not not get wrapped up in all the little things and not letting the little things get to you is one. Um, I think other advice of like through my, my whole life, my parents, I would say if I had to like weed out like one piece of advice that I got the most was kind of like, if you tried your best, that's the, the most that you can do. And that's what you're in control of. And you can be okay with your, whatever your best was for that time in that moment. And I think that's carried with me. Um, other advice that my dad especially really pushed is like, you, you need to be able to advocate for yourself and you're, you're your own biggest advocate. And that was in the lens initially of like going to school, kind of like he would say, like, if, if you don't understand something in a classroom, like you don't want to just sit there in silence and think, oh, well, if I ask a question, that's embarrassing. You want to, it's your education. Like you need to take it. Like you need to advocate for yourself and you need to be okay with asking a question to clarify something. And not to mention probably someone else has a, the same question too, but knowing that like no one else is going to be your advocate. So like you need to do that. And I think that that served me well too, whether it's career stuff, whether you're in a doctor's office or whether you're in a relationship with people, you know, like I think that was very empowering, especially as a female. So the, those are the kind of top pieces. And then not from somebody I know, but just Brene Brown, and I've mentioned her before, her comment of clear as kind is something that I have taken into account and worked on like when I'm communicating with people, because I used to be the person that was like, very fluffy beat around the bush with a lot of language. And I'm trying to get better at just like clear as kind. If you're just clear about what you're trying to say, that's actually the kindest thing. That is something I don't think I think about enough, Kelsey Rothhouse. Interesting. Mm -hmm. 
Right. It'll stick with you. I was listening to another podcast this week and it was a Chelsea Handler podcast and she had said something and one of her listeners had written in and she had said, everything that you're like anxious about, just know somebody else somewhere in the world has done the same thing at least once, if not a million times. So like, that's what they, I, whatever you said that about kind of just your dad's like, you're your own, like, you know, you're, you you got to get, get through and do this. Like you're your own person in the same sense of like, yeah, like we all mess up and we all make the same mistakes. Um, okay. So on that same line, I'm going to ask you a question in, in kind of two ways and you can pick which way you want to answer it or you can answer it both ways. Um, but on the line of Kathy's question of what's the best advice you'd get, you you like to or you've given you've gotten um one other thing i'm interested on is if there's like a compliment you've received once in a specific time or somewhat something like someone saying like the you're proud of you because we know like we have our tgif things so like what is if there's something that like you like to hear and or you didn't answer but i'm curious i don't know we actually said it but i'm also want to know what your love language is so those can you can tie them together or answer them separately Okay, nice. Yeah, the love language is a fun one. Um, From the last time I took the test, um, I was almost tied with quality time and words of affirmation. Um, Of course, I can be the one to be like, all of them. But quality time, like I find myself, like if I'm hanging out with someone and they do have to check their phone, like I'll feel so like, oh, like deflated by that. So like that, I feel like that quality time of doesn't exactly matter what, but just like that conscientious time together and then words of affirmation. Um, And that doesn't mean like a constant hyping up needs to happen, but I've learned from being in a kind of relationship where that was really lacking just how much like I needed some of that, at least some of that. Um, And then in terms of like compliments, um, I would say as a three, like from the Enneagram standpoint, um, and I think since I was young, um, at least high school or as long as I can remember, I like the idea of impressing people. I liked that, oh, I came from this, you know, public high school from Salinas and landed at Berkeley. And I was in a very unassuming major media studies. And so, and I was in a sorority. And so there was this connotation. I was in the easy major. I was a sorority girl. Like, I can't be that smart. But then I'd come back and be like, well, I've had seven internships and this and this and this. And I would love impressing people. So if I got that validation from someone that I was able to impress them, whether that is healthy or not, that for a long time, you know, definitely impacted me positively. And if you read about threes and Enneagrams, that's very interconnected. Um, And then from a shallow compliment perspective, I love when people tell me that I smell good. I always have. And so if I get that compliment, it just literally means the world. I'm like, wow, thank you so much that you thought that enough that you needed to say it. You just gave me your thing about kind of defending you needing words of affirmation after we talked for five minutes about how I have Kathy telling me when I do good at yoga or do a walk. So I totally understand where you're coming from with that one. (laughs) Sorry. I just also want to ask what is, do you have a go-to perfume or something that you like to wear? Oh, great question. So right now, um, clean is the perfume of my choice and I've been using it for a few years now and I really, really like it. It's the nectar one. I've gotten a lot of compliments on it. Um, For years of my life, Daisy, the blue one by Marc Jacobs, very basic. But when I was younger, that was my perfume. And it it always, I think Daisy Dream is the blue one. And then the regular Daisy, I would alternate. 
that got a lot of compliments too. But I don't know why. I remember that from a young age too, that I always wanted to make sure I was like smelling good. Like after volleyball practice, if we were going somewhere, I always, I had those, which are now probably horrible, those like Victoria's Secret, like big perfume body spray bottles. And I would always carry one in my bag and like want to spray myself after it. I think my teammates probably were like gagging, like, what are you doing? Um, yeah, that's such a silly one, but I've always appreciated when someone tells me that I smell good. <laughs> That is hilarious and not where I was expecting you to go with the answer to that question. I'm going to go ahead and still, since we've already, the wheels have fallen off a little bit, I'm going to go ahead and just go for it. Okay. Well, it's like we're in a Vogue interview, right? What is your go-to, like your one beauty product or maybe two if you have to? Like what's one thing you need to have? Whether it is your perfume or not, like what's your one pick? One pick is so hard. A lot of my friends who've known me a long time will tell you that for years, I could not leave the house without mascara and eyeliner. Years. It could be a 5 a.m. volleyball tournament. It could be class. It could be anything. I could not leave the house without mascara and eyeliner. I can't tell you why or where those deep-seated issues came from. And Definitely, you know, way back in the day, I did the horrible thick eyeliner. And I'd like to say I've graduated to at least a more subtle eyeliner. But I also am happy to say that I've evolved. And if I need to run errands or work out, I can now leave the house without makeup on. But those are probably my go-tos. However, I also have a concealer and a setting powder that I love. And so those are also essentials. I love this. And it feels like we need to be sending you a Sephora gift card for your birthday or something. So (laughs) we've really got the birthday gift down pat. (laughs) I am a big Sephora spender. I will say that. Like, oh, yeah, I'm the highest level of whatever, like, rewards member you are and have been for a lot of years. And I will have friends who I don't even talk to regularly anymore, like, from college, who will just be like, hey, I'm looking for like a foundation, just want to get your thoughts. Like I'm still a lot of people from like colleges, like go to like makeup and it makes me so happy when I still get asked. So you're not far off with the Sephora thing. Love it. Um, Okay. So pivoting a little bit now, you asked me this in mind, so it's only fair that I have to ask you as well. What is your current status on dating, relationships, your love life, as much as you're comfortable sharing, of course, how do you feel about everything right now and where are you at? I knew you were going to ask me this, Kathy. I knew this was coming. Um, I I have been, okay, where, where do I begin? Right now I am dating. I'm single, but dating is what the like short answer is. Single, but dating. Um, I would say I've not been in a true, really, really, really serious relationship as an adult. Like I had the high school to college relationship that lasted longer than it should have. I had more flings in college and in the early 20s. Pandemic happened. And then I dated somebody, as I talked about in an earlier episode, that kind of overlapped with all of my mom's stuff, which was a very interesting experience. And that was somebody that I would say we were exclusively dating, but he was not my boyfriend. So some of my friends joked that it was like the training wheels a little bit of like a kind of relationship, but not a full-blown real boyfriend, girlfriend, full committed relationship for maybe any of our older listeners who don't understand the silly nuances of like relationship labels of our 
generation. Um, I, you know, have had a love-hate relationship with dating apps. I have so many friends who have found great success from dating apps, and I just personally have not. So I am actively more on the break side of dating apps and of making more of a conscious effort of trying to do things in person and also to just tell more people that I'm open to being set up which has actually started to work out a little bit. Like I had one set up that though it only was two dates, it was still like a funny experience. And then I guess this will come out a lot later than we're actively recording it. So I'll just say I was set up um, by a friend from a date last week and it went really well. So maybe by the time this comes out, it'll be over. And that was that. But at least the first date went very well. Um, But I'm definitely it was just one date. So I'm definitely still just dating. I think I'm finally at a place in my life where I'm more ready for something serious. But I'm also not in a place where I feel like I need anyone or need anything. And I'm still very content um, and independent. And I really feel like dating someone, they're going to have to be a true value add and like really cover my priorities. Like I'm not in a position where I'm like, oh shit, I'm getting older. I need to start locking someone down. Like that's not my mentality. Um, Hell yeah. yeah queen. Single but dating. <laughs> Open for setups. If anyone wants to let me know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm incredible. Nobody that I know is anybody that is worthy of you to date, but um, good to know for the future. If I do, you know, come across some uh, more uh, eligible bachelors here on the coast. No, um, so it's funny you say like the older generation, like who's listening, but like I also need to know about the dating if you're exclusive, if you're not, if you have to have the conversation. Like you guys will ask for an update, and I'm like, I don't even know how to give one because I don't know what's normal and what's not normal. So I totally understand that. Um, when you went on your date or you do date around, do you think about either, obviously you think about your mom, but do you think either about like how you're going to bring it up or do you think about the podcast or is that something you share? Like how do you, because you've posted about it on Instagram, so it's not like it's secret secret for you more so than it is for me still. So how do you kind of either grief or the podcast or both? Yeah. Uh, no, that's a big one. And definitely some of the first dates I went on after it was really weighing on me where I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm like holding on to this thing and I'm trying to figure out how to talk around it because I want to talk about my family, but I don't want to lead to that. And where I've kind of landed is just in in an ideal world, unless it's a bold-faced lie, I'm avoiding talking about it on date one. And I think Kathy expressed like a similar sentiment. Like date one is just really needs to be light and fun. And it's just not what you want to get into when you're first meeting someone. So from that perspective, And in this date, it didn't come up, which I was very happy about, but I still felt like I was able to talk about my family and we were able to connect and that was great. I definitely think about it. It would be lying if I said I didn't of like how I would tell a future partner about it, um, how I would talk about her, how I like know I wouldn't be able to share the depths and the details of everything right off the bat. Like it would be a very high level. And then as I got closer or dated a person for longer and longer and trusted them more and more, I would gradually, I would want to share the nitty gritty hard stuff. Like I feel like in a future like life partner, husband, I definitely would need to share everything. The podcast is definitely funny. I have on different dates, like it's come up. Um, 
And overall, like, people are obviously, like, very, like, nice about it. Like, some will ask, like, a lot of questions or some will just be like, oh, that's cool and, like, maybe not really know what to do with it. Uh, With this current person, though, we do not follow each other on Instagram. So I was, like, kind of happy about that. That, I mean, sure, you can Google things. Who knows? But we're not, you know, followers on Instagram. So hypothetically, as far as I know, he doesn't know anything. And for me, like the idea of kind of starting with a clean slate is exciting, but there is an annoying anxiety in the back of my mind of like, oh, this is a lot. And I know it's part of me and my life and it's out of my control. And it's good to see how that person's going to react. But it's just like, fuck, I wish just she was here and this wasn't a thing. And back when I was on dates before, I could just talk about you know, oh yeah, like I was on the phone with my mom earlier today. Like she, you know, this, like I just obviously, I'm like, I wish I could just do that, but reality is what it is. And so, um, actually, hearing Kathy talk about how she approached it when we did our dating episode, I think was really helpful for me. Yeah, I, it's such a tricky one because I feel like um, I just think that. Like I said, for me personally, I have to keep it, I mean, I think maybe for everybody, it's important to kind of keep it light and fun on the first date. And that's something that's just a little bit more heavier. And I just, I think, hadn't learned about trauma bonding until like later on in my dating career experience, call it what you will. And so I feel like I was getting kind of I don't know, maybe attached or just kind of like dumping all of this on somebody. And then if they really like dug in and wanted to ask questions and felt like I was emotionally connected to them, it was almost like way too early on. I wasn't getting to know the person for just who they are versus like how they're responding to this situation or this fact about me. Um, And so that was something like I personally learned and I know other people can relate to that. And then on the other side, I'll say that I feel like people can be also very much more rational, rational and much more secure in their attachment. And so that might not be like such a big deal where they can talk about it so freely, actually, and feel like it's not going to be this whole trauma bond experience type of thing. So that's just something that I kind of want to throw out there because I think that people could probably relate to either. And I know that I have friends who bring it up on the first date because they're like, I'm laying it all out here. This is me. This is a part of who I am. And like, you need to know this about me up front if you want to understand like who I am. And that's something that's important for them to convey on a first date. So I just think it's like different for every person. But I think for me, it has helped me to be like that. And so whether it's helpful for you, or like, or not. And then I know you're practicing it, which is really like awesome to witness from this side of it as well. Um, I think that regardless, you'll learn what works for you or what doesn't work for you. Yes. I definitely think I'm in my head a little bit in the earlier dates of like, is it going to come up? Like, can I skirt the conversation around? Can I kind of change the subject? And I, I think I totally respect, like you said, the people who are like, yeah, it's a part of me. Like, I'm going to say it right out the gate and maybe down the road I would feel more that way. But back to it still being like fresher and newer and something I'm working with, like, for example, how Shane on an earlier episode, like was able to talk about his dad. I was really impressed by that because he was able to say things with such confidence. Like it was so, he was just like used to it talking about it in such a matter of fact way that I'm just still not. So when a date is already 
you know, you're being vulnerable and you're trying to put your best foot forward. And obviously it shouldn't be a thing that I'm going to be, I would want to hide from someone. Like if you go a few dates, like I'm envisioning some, some version of it comes out after a few dates, but, um, but the podcast, I will say, I don't think I would want somebody who I'm just starting to date to listen to the podcast, like at least right away. I'd almost feel like that's a cheat code of like getting some insight about me that's not organic, like with that person. So maybe it would be the type of thing where like down the road, if we really, you know, worked out, they could listen to it. But in the moment, I feel like I'm like, hey, like you have this like platform to cheat and like figure out all these deeper things about me. And I can't do the same with you. And Mads, I feel like with your guy, it sounded like he was really sweet and supportive of the podcast and followed it and like rated it, which is so sweet, but didn't like listen because you asked him not to listen. I feel like I'm like, okay, that's perfect. Like we love the support, but I don't need a new person I'm dating to listen to this. Yeah, no, absolutely. And honestly, sometimes it's like depending on the day, of course, because we're young people in our 20s, depending on the days, depending on our relationship. So it is funny because I'm always like, I wonder if someone is going to go back and like like listen after I told him. And even after I've told him, he was like, he's randomly texting me like, can I listen now? And I'm like, no. And he's like, okay. And he does. I, 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 so as far as I know, he hasn't, but he, it's funny, Kels, because I, I think about you guys when I, when he asks that or when I, when that comes up. Um, so what you talked about your dating life and that, how you kind of introduce people to that. How do you introduce your new friends you've made since? And I know some of them might not be as like deep connections because it has only been a short amount of time, but like, how is that something that you share with your friends without feeling like you're like the girl in the room with the passed away mom? No, that's a good, a good question too. I feel like, um, I like if I've met new people, which I definitely have. I feel like I've met new people in such casual settings that it hasn't come up. And new people at work has also been interesting because we're, like I, I, so I like said, I've been at the Giants for so long. And when I was there, it was one of those situations where like everyone at the Giants knew about it. It was like, and I wanted people to know about it because I was taking a leave and, you know, I was like, I'd rather people know so then I don't have to come back and like explain it to all these people. So a huge number of people I feel like at work knew about it. So any new employees, I'm like not going out of my way to kind of tell them, but it goes back to the social media. Like if you follow me on social media and you just do a little bit of stalking, you see the podcast image, you can see the posts I made when my mom passed, like you can figure it out. But I haven't really had to tell new people outside of going on dates actually now that I'm thinking about it because I either assume they like have figured it out or it's such a casual setting that it doesn't come up versus like my sister's experience where she was thrown into like a new school, new roommates, and she had to tell a ton of new people. I was returning to an environment where like everyone at work knew, all of my friends, my roommates knew. And so I didn't actually have to tell a lot of people. So that's going to be something I'm going to need to navigate, um, you know, as I'm continuing to like deepen new friendships or like meet new people or have new coworkers, or if I date someone and I become friends with their friends, you know, it opens up a whole floodgate. But I think if it does come up, I try to say it like quickly and move on because as we've said, you almost have to guide other people on how to navigate it. So you can't just say it and leave it. You kind of have to say it 
and then navigate out of it to help the other person know what to do. <laughs> that is so, yeah, that is so freaking relatable. Um, and I feel like I've been there so many times and like, it's crazy to me that you're experiencing this. I mean, obviously you are, it's like obvious and it, it comes with the territory, but it's like, this is your first year and it's just, I'm sorry to tell you that that's something that it comes with the territory for like many years to come. I think um, that it's so relatable and I don't think I've ever talked about something like that. Um, so thank you for bringing it up and kind of like sharing that because I feel like not a lot of people talk about that piece of grief. Um, okay. We do want to end on a fun question uh, since you guys really kind of cornered me on the last one. So this is our, our kind of response back is, well, actually I had first written down, who do you like more, Mads or Kathy? Which is just chaotic. I, I was just trying to cause chaos. But that's not what we're asking here. Could never. Could never answer that. <laughs> I was, I was never actually going to ask that, but we changed it, obviously. I thought it was just a funny comment. Um, okay, our question is, what is your favorite thing about each of us? Love it. Okay, love this question. Um, okay, Kathy, favorite things about you. Um, you are incredibly thoughtful. And I know you've said on this podcast how like being an only child, like you really do feel like your friends are family. And it kind of ties into the first impression thing too, or an early impression. But I will never forget that we had, you know, talked on the phone. I knew you were talking on the phone to so many different people. Um, and Thanksgiving came around and it was the first Thanksgiving without my mom. And you barely knew me and you texted like, hey, happy Thanksgiving. Like, I know this is going to be like a tougher one, just like thinking about you. And I remember just thinking like, damn, like you did not have to do that. Like you did not know me, but like you went out of your way to do that. And it meant a lot because maybe Thanksgiving isn't as obvious of one as like a Christmas where like more texts came in. And so I remember being like, wow, like, okay, she obviously cares about this because she's leading the effort to get this podcast made. Um, I thought you were very organized too with like, I tell you were organizing all the calls and the rounds and I could tell you were taking this very seriously, which I respected. Um, I, your only minus was your love for every sports team that I hate. And we've talked about this like to a T at every sports level. We love the opposing team. That was my only minus for Kathy, but it was funny. Um, otherwise I was like, Oh, like this is somebody like I would be friends with. Um, and then with Mads. Um, so then for context for everyone. So Kathy and I talked a few times and then as you kind of heard from the last episode, we all got Brock together and had kind of an initial first call all together. And I remember being like a little, like I was a little nervous. It's like, Oh, I like had never talked to Mads, but I was like, I trust Kathy. So like, this is going to be good. And Mads was so unbelievably warm and kind and bubbly. Like I remember feeling such a warmth, which I still stand by was accurate. And it also just felt very natural. Like we all could have been friends. Like if we all went to high school together, like I believe we would have been friends like that kind of natural, like we're similar enough, the same vein. And then as I've gotten to know Mads more, just so well-spoken and you juggle so much so well, like throughout our time of recording, you've kind of had a lot of different curveballs 
thrown at you and just the way that you've handled them and the way that you advocate for yourself and the way that I see you like love the people in your life is very admirable. So those are my favorite things about you guys. And I will say also Mads throughout the TGIF. And that was also my like, when, when, like you started it, like once I talked about it the once you texted me on the side, the TGIF. And I remember also thinking like, oh my God, like I barely know this girl. Like that's so thoughtful. That means so much. She did all the emojis. And now it's a really fun like tradition between the three of us, like texting the TGIF with the emojis. And I freaking love it, but also just thought that was unbelievably kind. So Love you both so much. Thank you for this amazing first date. Better than most first date with men. I'll tell you that. I love you. You guys made me cry again. Um, I'm going to say, so it was interesting. I just got off the phone with Shannon, who you guys, if you're listening and you've listened to that episode, you know she's my best and dearest friend. And she was like, she listened to our episode today and she kind of sent me a sweet message about it. Um, that I read to the girls before we started recording and then she was talking and she was talking about how she wants to reach out to you guys and that she just like really wants to like I was joking around and I was like you know like I've been really talking to them a lot throughout everything that's been going on with my family because she's obviously very well aware and she's like I want to talk to them often and I was like do it just like send him a text but like it's just something that is so special to me um, and I want to say a comment now that we're having a love fest for each other on more than one level um I do. It's this season and year of my life. I've felt very much like the messy friend and like the friend who can't even talk to her friends because like I always have shit going on um, with family and with not. And I have found it so um, incredible and just something I wasn't expecting. Both of you had reached out to me individually outside of our group chat um, to check on me when I had some stuff going on recently. Um, And you've both been so lovely to not only, like I said earlier, like Kathy, like talking to me till I get to my destination and Kelsey checking on me and making sure I'm okay, seeing what I need. And um, even to the point of I wanted to make sure I said before we closed out today is like you guys have picked up editing. Um, I wasn't on the training to learn how to edit from Alyssa, who was doing an incredible job doing it. And you guys have really picked up the slack and not even made me feel that at all, but just showed me support and love. Um, I know I said it on the end of the last episode, but Kathy texting me and saying like, hey, like, do you want to share your graphics with me or do you want to do them? Because if you want to do them, we want you to do them. But like, if it's too much for you, like I'll do them too. Um, And so just the love and support that some strangers on the internet across the coast have shown to me in one of the worst seasons of my life that I will probably unfortunately look back at for many years to come um you're both of you I could say the same things Kelsey you said about us and I am so grateful for um the connection even so much that I literally said before we started recording that I was like I'm so tired I have to go and they're like shut the laptop as soon as we're done like shut it off um you guys have shown me such love and grace and support that some people I have known in person for as long longer than I've known you guys have not and I not that it's a comparison game or a hit or miss but it's just like if it was like a two years ago or a year ago I would never have even thought that these strangers would be two of my biggest rocks during these seasons and I am so grateful for it both professionally quote unquote with the podcast and personally as like friendship and the love um and I just want to thank you guys so much for just showing up for me in ways that I did not expect thank you so sweet thanks Mads um (laughs) (laughs) um well That's a great note to end on. Uh, Kelsey, thank you for sharing everything. And as promised, we'll 
maybe do like a bigger deep dive into the grief part of it all. But I think it's important for listeners to kind of get to know who we are and how we process things and just kind of our own personalities outside of our grief story, obviously, and kind of what kind of what drives us, what we're passionate about, what we like to do, who we like to date, things like that. So thank you for sharing. And in terms of wrapping up, I'm going to take over your role today. You can like, subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Share us with a friend. Follow our Instagram. A thousand percent, we do not have an email in our inbox, but we're always open to you emailing us. And um, we also have our Facebook group. If you are a griever or you know someone who is a griever that maybe wants to join a community there, we do have our Facebook group. And I think I covered it all. Mads, what's up? If you want to add me on Apple Watch and see my hot girl walks, feel free to do so as well. No, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you as always for listening. (laughs) Actually, will. Thank you guys. It was fun to be on the other side of interviewing and can't wait to put Mads in the hot seat next time.